doing really well. I got a great topic for today that I can't wait to get into. Uh, <clears throat> it just kind of came together for me in the last uh, few minutes as I was getting ready for this. Hopefully my battery holds up because I forgot to charge my phone yesterday. So a little bit late because I had to charge my phone as well. Um, <clears throat> but, I, but I had a couple different directions that I was looking forward to going or conflicted about going in which direction for the video. And I thought about saying... Uh, you know, titling it just uh, Aaron's Ramblings or something. Because <laughs> I was just in that kind of a mood. But um, <clears throat> then I saw how, how both of them came together uh, to kind of, uh, to, came together around this topic of finding your prophetic voice. And so in order for you to find your prophetic voice, um, I want to deal with uh, a couple of different issues. And... <clears throat> the first one I want to talk about is uh, in order to find your, and the reason I emphasize your in the beginning of it, and I'm foregoing some of the hellos and everything this morning because, uh, again, I don't know how long my battery is going to hold up, uh, and I hate to just, you know, lose everything in the middle. But uh, in order for you to find your prophetic voice, it's got to be yours. And... When I'm talking about a prophetic voice, I'm talking about a voice that shapes the future. I'm talking about the voice that brings revelation, okay, and a voice that shapes the future. So you are more responsible for yourself and your future and creating your future than anybody else. <clears throat> so everybody in that sense can be prophetic. And by the way... The term prophet and prophetic does not belong exclusively to the realm of Christianity. It certainly doesn't belong exclusively to the realm of the Elijah list or those self-appointed, self-proclaimed prophets that are wrong 90% of the time. And they're so vague you can't make out anything anyway. And they go back and connect the dots and do all kinds of hopscotch. And uh, it's like uh, like uh, one of those little pictures where, you know, connect the dot pictures or something where it's just a bunch of dots you can't see anything with it, and uh, and then they try to take some event and go back and say, see, this was this, so that they can boost up their own egos and still think that they're prophetic. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go off a little bit more on that in just a minute. Um, so I don't know if you came out of like a prophetic culture, but we came out of a, a definitely a prophetic culture where you were looking for a prophetic word or people were designated and identified and ordained within whatever group you were in into the prophetic ministry, and you would wait, and, um, you know, people would take direction off that stuff, and whatever, and we would hold people in high esteem, very well-known prophet, I remember very well-known prophet, uh, now nah, I won't get into that, so, <laughs> like I said, this would be a lot of rambling, um, but you, in order for it to be your prophetic voice, it's got to be yours, which means you've got to break free at times from the group think of the culture. And a true prophet, a true prophet, uh, in the biblical sense, really it has nothing to do necessarily with predicting the future. And Jeremiah is a perfect example of this. And I've done lots with Jeremiah, uh, so I don't want to rehash it today. But if you do a careful examination of prophecies that Jeremiah gave in the Old Testament scriptures about... Uh, Kings, uh, there was one, I can't remember the name of the king, so I don't want to say it. And then you go look at Chronicles, the historical account of what actually happened. You find out that Jeremiah completely missed it. He didn't predict the future correctly at all. 
One of the reasons that Jeremiah wasn't accepted in the culture of his day was not only because he was going against the prevalent religious paradigm, but he also had missed it. <laughs> and there were other prophets that were that hadn't missed it that were prophesying that Israel shouldn't surrender to the Babylonians. And man, Jeremiah is such a, a good example for this because you got to understand he started. See, again, we don't know how to compare the prophetic books with the historical books in the Bible. But when you figure it out how that all took place, like when Isaiah is prophesying, and then go back and look at what's happening during that time, when Josiah, or not just not Josiah, Jeremiah is prophesying and what's happening during that time, then a picture begins to unfold for you. So Jeremiah's reign begins uh, during the reign... <laughs> Slow down, Aaron. Jeremiah's ministry begins during Josiah's reign. And Josiah brought the kind of national revival, supposedly, according to the narrative, to Judah that most conservative, nationalistic, evangelical Christians are hoping for today. <laughs> uh, the laws were changed. Uh, the prophets that prophesied Contrary to the prophets of Yahweh, again, the term prophet, the ministry of the prophet, the anointing of the prophet or the oracle is not the exclusive property of the church. It is not the exclusive property of the charismatic church. It's not the exclusive property of the Bible. Just going to emphasize that again. But my point is, Josiah did all this stuff to bring obedience to the law, national revival. And then <clears throat> Jeremiah stands up and says... The Babylonians are going to come and take you out. That was totally contrary to the religious paradigm. And it was contrary to what the other so-called prophets were saying at the time. So part of a prophetic ministry is, it's not just speaking encouragement or words of encouragement. It's ability to get outside of the prevailing pattern and paradigm and speak with a new vibration, speak with a higher vibration, speak a different truth, speak different information into the atmosphere in order to break the prevailing patterns and create a future that nobody has seen yet. Otherwise, without there being a prophetic voice, now if that's a true prophetic voice, which I believe it is, without there being a prophetic voice in your life, or without there being a prophetic voice in a region or an area or to a group of people, then what happens is, is you get locked into the same patterns and the same vibrations, which means that you just keep recycling the same stuff over and over. You keep attracting the same stuff into your life. You keep having the same outcomes and you keep doing the same things. So a prophetic voice is that which is able to step outside of the group think or step outside of the mental and emotional patterning that you have already established as in your own life that is causing you vibrationally to keep attracting the same people, that's causing you vibrationally to keep having the same outcomes. And so therefore, what I'm defining the prophetic voice as is that voice which gets outside of that and releases a new vibration, releases a new paradigm, and releases something that can create a new future for you. So there's revelation and there's creation for manifestation. That's what I'm putting within the uh, context definition, defining for you prophetic. So you are 
a profit for your own life because you are the one. You are the one person more than anybody else that's responsible for the outcomes that you are getting or not getting. So let's look at some things. How can you free that? So again, using Jeremiah as the paradigm, uh, God tells Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you and I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. And Jeremiah says, oh Lord, I, I can't speak, I'm but a child. And then God says, you know, uh, basically you're going to go to the people I send you to, you're going to say the things that I tell you to say. But here's what I want you to get. <clears throat> God tells Jeremiah, the prophet is inherent, knitted into and woven into his substance. Jeremiah's actual substance. His pre-existing spiritual substance. Call it spirit, call it soul, call it essence, call it the divine spark. Whatever you want to call it, it's all semantics. But it predated, it was something from eternity that was resident already inside of Jeremiah, but dormant. The issue was his pattern of thinking said it didn't fit with the culture, didn't fit again with the group think, didn't fit with who he thought he was. So until he could let go of that sense of self, that potential within him that was latent could not be activated. And so I want to, I want to encourage every single one of you out there, especially those of you that are feeling powerless, especially those of you that are feeling overwhelmed. I want to encourage you that whether you feel it or not, whether you sense it or not, whether you can believe it or not, there is something latent. The prophetic ability is latent within you. All you have to do is turn it loose. All you have to do is learn how to get set free from the stuff that's clogging the pipes, if you will. So it gets unplugged, <clears throat> unclogged so that, that that river and that water and that power and that spirit and that life and that vibration and that revelation can be set free in your own life. So let's look at what are some things that hinder that. I already talked about one of them. One of them is groupthink. Um, what is groupthink? Groupthink is a situation where the entire group thinks alike. And usually, in fact, always, there is a dominant personality or a dominant leader that is the only voice, the only voice, uh, or the final authority voice within the group. And everybody in the group has to cater to that or has to agree to that or has to believe in that. And that leader, that authority, only gives a platform to people who think like him and will criticize, undermine, and discredit any voice that comes into the group that disagrees with his opinion. So that's actually a sociological phenomenon. I had to write a paper for it when I was in grad school, and, or um, I'm sorry, when I was in my bachelor's program. Uh, in my social psychology classes, and it was so eye-opening because when I'm writing that, I'm like, damn, this sounds like my church, and I'm the personality, I'm the problem. Because <laughs> our egos like groupthink. Our egos like to have that support. Um, so you have to understand that it's okay to be different. It's okay to be different. In fact, in some sense, it's essential to be different in the way that you think or the way that you're going to go. So just be aware of, of how groupthink can uh, snare you. 
Because ultimately, if you're going to find your prophetic voice, this is about finding your authentic voice. Uh, for those of you that are into chakras and do chakra work, we're talking about the throat chakra. Now, Vanessa Brooks and I have this little debate. <laughs> Sorry, Vanessa, I'm going to out you. Like, I don't know if there's little spinning wheels of energy located here in my body. Uh, you can't dissect me and find them down my spine. That's really irrelevant. <clears throat> Because the issue is, what do they point to? What do they talk about? And so one of the things that I've discovered as a counselor, as a therapist, especially in working with women, is that they are afraid of conflict. They Conflict in relationships or whatever. Or if they're not afraid of it, they don't know how to handle it. And oftentimes, when a person gets into an emotional state, I will ask them, where are you sensing that in your body? And more often than not, when it comes to issues of voice, when it comes to issues of authenticity, they are sensing the blockage here. So we got to do some work to liberate that blockage so that you can speak your truth. And this is where we get hung up as Christians. <clears throat> and I was hung up on this for a long time. Uh, because we expect all truth to be absolute truth. And here's what I mean by that. Uh, two plus two equals four. It doesn't equal five. Although I understand, as I understand it, as you get into more complex mathematics, you begin to realize that there's relativity within complex mathematics. Somebody can, you know, correct me on that if you're a mathematician or something. I'm certainly not. <clears throat> So we begin to think that there's there's like these absolute truths. When the truth <laughs> is that most, if not all, that we experience is pretty relative to us. So, for example, I've got a few people on the East Coast that are watching right now. So it is, what, 1230 there? So... If I was to say what time is it, it would be 1230 for you guys on the East Coast. If you're on in California, you're an hour behind. We're all telling the same truth when we tell the time, but it's all different. Now, that may be kind of a weak explanation, but it's the best one I can come up with. So one of the things that I want to ramble about today is the lack of integrity that I find, especially in the body of Christ, especially among people, leaders, leaders. I'm, I'm talking about leaders right now. I'm taking on leaders. I'm not talking about the, the people in the pew. I'm just saying <laughs> there's such a lack of integrity out there. Uh, and it's sad because the system itself so wants to dominate your thinking so wants to dominate your feeling and absolutely wants to tell you what to do. I, I am so sick and tired of people mostly on Facebook trying to tell me what to do in specific situations that ain't none of their damn business and they don't know anything about. Uh, you'll put a post and, and usually it's a Christian leader or an ex-Christian leader or someone in the awakened community that thinks they have a voice that it oftentimes needs to put their ego in check. Now, it's one thing to share principles. It's, it's one thing to share thoughts. 
It's one thing to share your own journey and your own life experiences. It's one thing to give advice and say, hey, this worked for me. But when people come on my page and they say, well, you need to do this and this and this, or you should do this and this and this, or you have to do this, this and that, uh, that is ego on steroids, guys. Like, you, no, you don't have the right to tell me what to do. I'm 49 freaking years old. I ain't looking for or needing a daddy right now, okay? <laughs> and you ain't my daddy. And you have no right to come into my space and correct me. You have no right to come into my space and tell me what to do. <laughs> no right at all. I had somebody a month ago come into my space and tell me I needed to change the F word off of my page. And when I wouldn't do it, had an absolute adult temper tantrum fit. And then when he got called on it, pretended it never happened. Deleted the comments so he could say he never said what he actually said. No integrity. See, here's the problem, gang, and I, and, and I, I'm, I'm gonna issue you a warning. Like, 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 if you're in a church, if you're in any kind of spiritual group, any kind of spiritual group, if you, if you left the church and you're studying with somebody else or you're in the awakened community, for the love of God, if you have something private that you have to work out, if you have an issue, do not freaking go to your pastor. Your pastor should be the last person that you go to, not the first person. And I'm going to tell you why. Because half of them have no integrity. And the moment you break agreement with them, they are going to expose you, baby. The moment they think you're causing a problem in the group, they have leverage with you now. Because they know your crap. And there is no accountability. None. None for them. They, you, you, you go, you're going to go and, and make yourself vulnerable because you think you have some confidentiality? You don't have confidentiality. So if you got crap to work through, get yourself a counselor. Get yourself a licensed therapist. Get yourself a professional. And I'm not saying that uh, to say... Because I'm, I'm a licensed professional counselor. I'm not saying that. I'm saying licensed clinical social worker, licensed psychologist, licensed counselor, licensed marriage and family counselor. Like, if we go out and break your confidentiality, we could lose our license, lose our profession. There's real consequences to that. So don't get sucked in by these people who present themselves as love and light as long as everything's going good, or present themselves as grace preachers or false prophylires, I'm sorry, present themselves as prophets, present themselves as a voice, and yeah, they got some good stuff. And yeah, maybe they have some stuff that's setting you free, but don't get entangled with them in your personal problems. Your path ain't none of your pastor's business. It is nobody in the church's business what's going on with you. Find yourself a counselor. Find yourself some professional help. The, the protections are there in place for you. Don't get sucked in by their syrupy, sweet, uh, 
stuff that makes you think that somehow they are more spiritually mature or they are spiritually better than you. Get away from that stuff. Don't go to your pastor with your problems. Your pastor should be the last person you go to with your problems. Find yourself a counselor. All right. Now, I'm going to go on to the next issue because here's where people start telling me more than any other thing what to do. If things get confrontational, if there is conflict, we as a society are uncomfortable with conflict. We are uncomfortable with confrontation and we don't have the skill sets or the knowledge to know how to handle conflict or confrontation when it comes our way. There is a thing in psychology that has been studied that is called spiritual bypassing. And it looks at people who have difficulty doing life and difficulty dealing with things as it comes up in their life. And rather than engaging the discomfort of those difficulties... They take some form of a spiritual bypass. In other words, you could call it super spiritualizing a situation. That prevents us from growing. That prevents us from engaging. That prevents us from really being a prophetic voice when we do spiritual bypassing. And we do spiritual bypassing more often than not in conflict because we're uncomfortable with conflict. So, in both the Christian community and in the love and light community, we have put a judgment upon conflict and strife and then put a syrupy mask of pseudo-love over the fact that we're just genuinely uncomfortable with conflict. So that we have equated, we live in a time where people equate a high vibration with hiding and not engaging and labeling it as love, thinking that's a high vibration, when really the higher vibration, the more authentic vibration, and the true prophetic voice, is sometimes you've got to speak your truth in conflict, and sometimes when you speak your truth in conflict, it makes other people uncomfortable, and they will label you and try to control you and try to tell you, oh, that's not loving, that's not taking the high road, you need to do this differently, let me share revelation with you that I have, because if I can inform you with my revelation, then you'll see that you shouldn't be doing what you're doing, when all along what's really happening is you're just uncomfortable. And so we label things as not being love. Oh, that's not a loving response. It's not loving to hold somebody accountable. It's not loving to confront. It's certainly not loving to get angry because here's where we do the spiritual bypassing the most. We have morally legislated emotional experiences and emotional responses. All the while, we tell people that we are not a judgmental group. <laughs> Don't judge. First thing you got to do is let go of judgment, but understand the moment... <clears throat> that you start labeling what is love and light or whatever and what isn't, you've entered into judgment, you just have done it subconsciously and unconsciously. So what can happen in conflict? Oh, here's, here's another problem. Here's another reason that we do this. Uh, there, I, I almost forgot to show this, but I want to show this. There has been an absence of divine feminine energy. Now, I don't want to say it that way. Now, that, that, that's absolutely not true. Let me, let me think of a better way to say this. In the way 
that God is portrayed in Christianity, the divine feminine is in exile. The divine feminine archetype has been removed from the Protestant church. At least the Catholic church has Mary as a divine archetype. Now, they'll argue and say we don't worship Mary, but that's just because they're being defensive because the Protestants have given them shit about it for 400 years. Um, but the reality is, is that when the Nicene Council or whatever did away and gave us uh, basically um, uh, a homogenized, uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, gave us a trinity, there was no goddess archetypes or divine feminine archetypes in that imagery. And yet your psyche needs that divine feminine archetype. It cannot, it cannot, uh, it will not allow for the long-term suppression of the divine feminine. So it will keep presenting, it will, it will rise up. So what we saw in the church was Mary became the divine archetype that rose up. Uh, and so, so for many of us, we, we don't have ways to connect with the divine feminine energy. You, you have to have a way to connect with that energy and to connect energy and consciousness. Because if you don't connect energy and consciousness, nothing's going to happen. So there's divine feminine energy and there is divine masculine energy. And the pendulum does tend to swing, oftentimes, too far the other way. So what's happened in the New Age community, what's happened in the spiritual community, is that we have found an honor for divine feminine energy, but then when the masculine energy steps into that arena, we judge it, we react to it and judge it and say, no, this isn't how you should be. So... A lot of what we call love, or a lot of what we think people is appropriate or inappropriate for people, comes from the fact that we are immersing ourselves, many of us, in the divine feminine energy and threatened by the divine masculine energy instead of realizing that both need to come together in a synergy in order for there to be balance. Now, let me, let me just explain how I'm using the terms of energy and how this works and why this is important to becoming a prophet in your own life. Masculine energy, if you just think about, let's just think about reproduction. The masculine energy is that which can penetrate an environment with a new life, with a new seed, with a new pattern, with a new DNA, with a new energy, with a new vibration. It goes past boundaries. It penetrates. It mixes things up. It stirs things up. It, it changes things. It, it bring, brings chaos to things. The divine feminine energy is that which receives what has been initiated by the divine masculine to create the environment for it and to incubate it and to labor for it and to ultimately bring it forth. Now, that's very oversimplified, but that's the best I can do, all right? But I just want you to see that the divine energy is initiative, the masculine energy is initiative, the feminine energy is receptive. Masculine energy is initiative, feminine energy is receptive. That's how I'm using it. And what we don't realize is that even though we say there's a suppression of feminine energy in the churches, there is not. Ladies, there isn't. There is a suppression of women. There is misogyny. 
But there is also emasculation. Now, take gender out of it and just think about energies, all right? Pastors, bishops, spiritual fathers love sons and daughters who are all feminine energy, which means they are all receptive. They are all receptive. They love you if you clean, if you do the housework, if you clean the toilets. They'll let you sit by them, and if they if they let you carry their Bible, think about this: a grown man, a, a damn grown man, carrying another man's Bible to the pulpit. Carry your own damn Bible. Masculine energy in that environment has a free has a free thought. Masculine energy is not afraid to learn. Masculine energy doesn't have to go along with the crowd. Masculine energy has the power to confront. Masculine energy has the ability to allow you to speak your mind and speak your truth. Feminine energy, the way I'm using it, now again, this isn't about men or women because we all have these energies in us. Feminine energy is an incubator. Feminine energy is receptive. Feminine energy is also protective. Think of the mama bear. Think about that energy that comes out that wants to protect, that wants to cover, right? Um, that's, that's the feminine energy. And that feminine energy... <laughs> Vanessa, you got me all distracted. I have this picture. Ben, one of you guys, I like this picture... <laughs> Y'all make me lose my train of thought. (laughs) It's protective. Feminine energy is protective. And so sometimes feminine energy doesn't like confrontation. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. If you do not have permission, sometimes in order to clear your throat chakra, sometimes in order to be able to be authentic to your voice, you have to confront. And it's okay if you do it with passion. Anger is not a sin. Anger is not a bad emotion. And don't, don't anybody, I'm going to tell you right now, don't anybody put in the comments right now, the Ephesian scripture, oh yes, be angry and sin not. Because that scripture means absolutely nothing. That is just another controlling device to shut you up and cut off your seed. See, that's the point. If, if you can't speak your own voice, if you can't allow a new vibrational pattern emerge in your life, then you can't break the cycles that you've been stuck in and you can't create something new for yourself. And what happens to us is people will piss us off. Situations will piss us off. But because we legislate that emotion as low vibration, anger, or we legislate it as not allowable, then what happens is, is we stuff it. We stuff our voice. And sometimes it's not beneficial at all to stuff your voice, to swallow your words. Because what you're doing is you're creating a blockage there 
in your throat chakra. You are, you are stopping up your ability to speak a new pattern and change for your own life. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? And so that energy has to go somewhere. That energy has to go somewhere. And sometimes just trying to think differently doesn't fix the problem or trying to transmute it with love. What does that even mean? People say transmute that vibration with love. What does that even mean? Show me how that process works. Get, put it up on a movie screen for me so I can watch it, so I can learn how we're supposed to do that. Same thing with that Bible verse, be angry and sin not. What does that mean? What does that mean, be angry and sin not? What's a sin? Is it a sin for me to call somebody out? Is it a sin for me to cuss? Is it a sin for me to throw something across the room? Or is it just a sin for me to go punch somebody in the mouth? Or is it not a sin for me to punch somebody in the mouth? See, we don't even know what that means. So when people say be angry and don't sin, they're part of a controlling groupthink pattern that's in their own pattern of consciousness. I'm going to tell you right now, they're just as emotionally constipated as the rest of us. They're, they're, their energy is just as stuck as everybody else's. Because sometimes in order to be unstuck, sometimes in order to release and, and find freedom, sometimes in order to find freedom, you have to use your voice. You have to speak out. And you may not speak out in love. And you may get a bunch of people trying to correct you and tell you how to do it. That's okay. That's their voice. They don't have the right to tell you what to say. They don't have the right to tell you what to believe. They don't have the right to tell you what to think or to judge how effectively you've done. Nobody has the right to do that. I mean, my God, you, you would think sometimes some of the interactions that happen on Facebook or in other places you would think that we were in a gymnastic competition or you would think we were in a diving competition because you have these onlookers that watch what's going on and then they give you a number. Like, did you do a nine? Did you do a five? Did you do a two? I'm going to tell you right now, some of you might engage a person and, and do miserably at it. You might lose your temper, you might cuss, you might say hurtful things, you might say something wrong that you have to come back and, and say, oh, factually, that wasn't correct. And you know what? I applaud you. In other words, to use the analogy, you may use your voice and it may look to every onlooker like it's a two, but I'm going to tell you right now, if it's the first time you've used your voice, if it's the first time you've exercised your power, it's a ten, baby. Go ahead and give yourself a ten. Pat yourself on the back. <laughs> And celebrate your own voice. Free your own voice. Free your own thinking. Don't be afraid of conflict. And don't buy into this BS that if you uh, raise your voice, if you're passionate, if you get upset, that somehow you're disrupting the vibrations. I'm telling you right now, I know from experience, you are clearing the energies. You are finding your strength. You are finding your power. You are finding your own authenticity and integrity. And this is why you should never go to your pastors for anything because most of them don't have integrity. And, the, and I don't mean that they lie or that they, they're not sincere in what they're doing. I'm saying that they have emotional legislated themselves out of authenticity and they are completely emotionally disconnected loving by simply manifesting in situations with energies and emotions that make them uncomfortable simply manifesting 
feminine energies and calling it love. In other words, they're, they're scared. They're afraid of conflict. They're afraid of being accountable. They're afraid of being exposed. So they run and they hide underneath this, oh, I'm just all love and light. That's why I keep telling you, don't try to be love and light. Don't try to just live in the light. Live in the gray. Live in the twilight. Live in the blending. Some of the, some of the energies that you've been judging and legislating are there to push you forward into a new pattern. Anger can be there to push you forward into a new pattern. A- anger can be there to clear the throat, the, the throat chakra. Anger can be there as a useful energy to help you find your voice. All right. I, I spent way more too much time on that. I spent too much time on that, but I, I hope you get what um what I'm getting at. I hope you get what I'm getting at. Don't don't buy this this syrupy, sweet, loving stuff. Don't let people intimidate you with that. Don't let people hold that over your head because you're just buying into another group thing. You're just receiving a downloaded pattern, computer chip in your mind telling you how to think and feel. Conflict's part of the deal. You know, conflict is part of life. Calling each other out is part of life. And you can grow from that. You can grow from engaging in conflict. You can grow from listening in conflict. And if you find out you are, quote, unquote, wrong in a situation, meaning that you said something wrong or you got a fact incorrectly or you misjudged the person, that does not make you wrong. The fact that you engaged that is probably going to bring some growth and some healing and some freedom into your own life. So get rid of the group think. You gotta break out of the group think. You gotta break out of the emotional emotional legislation and letting other people tell you <laughs> There you go again, Vanessa. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Um so so you get the point. Integrity requires that you are genuine in the moment. And if you're angry in the moment, if you feel something in the moment, if you need to speak something in the moment, it's not always wisdom. It's not always going to serve you to act on that energy. Sometimes you need to cool off, as they say. Sometimes you need to run it past some friends. Sometimes you need to take another look at things. But too often than not, too many people stuff their emotions, and by stuffing their emotions in conflict specifically, by turning off the masculine energy and only operating in feminine energy, in conflict specifically, they lose their ability to speak their truth. They lose the connection with their heart. Their throat chakra and their heart chakra are not flowing. The energy is not flowing freely there. Don says, just get rid of angry black woman label. Just got rid of the angry black woman label that stopped me from speaking up. Praise God, Don. That's, that is worth the praise break <laughs> right there. Um, yeah, th- th- I mean, yes, absolutely. The angry woman, black woman, angry black woman label is, is there to shut down a whole people group's voice and energy and truth and life. And so we're needing prophetic voices that are speaking from that community that are telling their story, that are are releasing their 
corporate pain and bringing a new vibration into planet Earth that is going to change, absolutely change, the resonance of the planet. See, that's what happens. If we all start to get authentic, if we all start breaking out of this bondage and start realizing I matter as much as anybody else on the planet, and to me, I matter more. If I'm going to be a people pleaser, I'm going to be a this people pleaser because I've got to live with me. I've got to die with me. I've got to take me into the next life. I've got to be with me everywhere that I go. It's absolute insanity to sacrifice your own pleasure and pleasing of yourself, your own growth, your own maturity, your own voice, your own vibration for somebody else when they don't walk in your shoes. So that's the point of this. The point of this is don't quit looking for a prophetic voice outside of you to give you guidance and direction in your life. Quit letting people control your thinking or behavior because you feel intimidated, because you feel like I'm not in a vibration of love. Maybe I'm not acting in a vibration of love and I'm getting them called out. And I'm calling out the caller outers. Those of you that go around policing what everybody else does, saying it needs to be love and light, you need to just, you, you, you need to stop that. Find a way to express yourself. Find a way to express yourself without violating other people's boundaries. It's one of the problems. Pastors, you have no people skills. And prophets are the worst. You prophets have no people skills at all. And I'm, I'm calling out the ones from the charismatic church because you violate boundaries all the time and you think it's okay. You think God has authorized you to violate people's boundaries and to be rude and to be mean and to be demeaning to people and to be subtly demeaning. You have no people skills. You think you have an anointing. You have no people skills. And it's not okay. So I'm calling out the caller-outers, if you will. And somebody says, well, you called somebody out last night. Damn right I did. <laughs> Damn right I did. And I was right to do it. But I didn't do it on somebody else's page or in somebody else's space. Yeah, Aaron brings up the Karens. I, I was thinking that when Dawn brought up the angry black woman. How come it's okay for white women to, to be Karens, to act like Karens, like it's been socially acceptable? Nah, anyway. I don't, I don't want to get off on that. <laughs> All right. So last part of this. Don't look outside yourself. Look within yourself for your own prophetic voice. Don't look for somebody else to control your behavior. Don't let somebody else shame you subtly by saying you didn't act in love or you didn't do this or you didn't do that correctly. Um, you know, and I'm not saying don't listen to anybody and don't be open to correction or feedback. Maybe that's a better way to look at it. Be open to feedback. Be open to letting people be a mirror for you and reflect back to you uh, how you're coming across. But find people in your life that you've given permission to do that with, and they don't, not necessarily people that think just exactly like you. But don't just take it from every Tom, Dick, and Harry that comes along. You know, you, you understand what I'm saying? All right. I don't know why I got off on that, <laughs> but I feel good now. <laughs> So I hope this frees up your energy. Uh, quit looking outside yourself. Find the prophetic voice inside of you. Quit letting your future be dictated to you by everything else around you. Rise up in your own voice. Rise up in your own passions. Rise up in your own opinions. Rise up in your own power. Rise up in your own desires 
and 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 some of you need to just go around affirming i have a right to be here i have a right to speak up i have a right to experience the full range of human emotion and not feel guilty about it and not feel ashamed because of it i have a right to get angry when my boundaries are violated and i don't have to feel guilty and i don't have to feel ashamed i have a right to express myself how i want to express myself and i don't have to feel guilty about it and i don't have to feel ashamed as long as you're not breaking the law go do you (laughs) you understand what i'm saying until you can own that kind of stuff until you can own that kind of power some of you out there you need to admit to yourself that you are using love as a mask as a disguise you're using love to hide because anytime conflict comes up, anytime strife comes up, anytime somebody says something, things get tense in a room, anytime there's anger, anytime there's going at it, you get uncomfortable because maybe it reminds you of what it was like as a child growing up in a home where there was a lot of conflict and you didn't have any power and you haven't worked through that trauma. So when adults begin to get conflict, your trauma gets triggered and you're uncomfortable with it and it feels uncomfortable and it feels like home and it feels like you you didn't have any power and it feels like abuse and you've got all this stuff coming up inside of you and because you're uncomfortable with it, The love and light community and the Christian community has given you authorization to not deal with that stuff and not work that stuff out and has given you a phony, pseudo-false moral high ground to say, oh, I don't do strife. Oh, I don't do conflict. Oh, I'm just going to be nice here. I'm going to say kind words. I'm going to do loving things. But be truthful with yourself and be honest with yourself. And then I feel like I'm better. I feel like I'm better. I feel like I'm more empowered because I can do, I, I did these things and, and I really showed them. I was really loving. I loved my enemies, like Jesus said. I turned the other cheek right there. But you're still holding that energy that's afraid of the conflict. You're still holding that energy that you get uncomfortable whenever somebody disagrees. You're holding that energy where you're trying to avoid by changing the subject. Some of you have relationships, some of you have marriages, some of you have things where there's an issue on the table, there's, a, there's an elephant in the room, and you can't talk about the elephant in the room, and anytime the elephant in the room comes up, one or the other of you avoids the topic. Now, sometimes leaving the elephant in the room is necessary <clears throat> to a lasting marriage. I get that. But sometimes we're just responding out of those energies. And those energies don't go away. You'll notice that. They don't go away. They don't go away until you bring them out and you look at them and you heal them. And so for some of you, part of the healing is that you you speak your mind. Now, I'm not suggesting that you just apply this in your situation from an emotional reaction. In other words, don't get off this live and say, he's damn right, and then just go call uh, somebody and rip them a new one because you finally found your voice. I, I trust and I'm talking to people a little bit more mature than that. But maybe think through what you need to say and what you don't need to say. I mean, th- this this kind of stuff doesn't change overnight. But until you clear out those energies, um, you're going to stay stuck up here and your voice isn't going to come out. All right. I'm about to lose all my battery power. So I love you guys. I can't wait to go back and look at the comments. Thank you for letting me go on my rant today. It kind of went a different direction than I wanted it to go. Uh, but maybe it's necessary for me to uh, to get that out. And uh, so anyway, God bless you. Namaste. Uh, go to you. Be strong. Be powerful. Affirm yourself. 
You have a right to be here. You have a right to feel. You have a right to your emotions. You have a right to your voice. You have a right to your needs, wants, and desires. And you can be the prophetic voice for your own life. And until you feel empowered, and until you can be genuine and authentic in all situations, and until you quit judging yourself for the full spectrum of human emotion, you won't be able to connect with the latent prophetic voice that's inside of you. God bless you, and have a wonderful, wonderful day.